Special thanks to all our patrons who support the show every single week. We couldn't do it without you. Head over to patreon.com slash run, eat, drink podcast and subscribe today for bonus content, exclusive happy hour live chats and more. Patrons, you help keep the run, eat, drink podcast going. And we're so grateful for you. Not a patron yet? Join us today at patreon.com slash run, eat, drink podcast. Help support the show by using our Amazon affiliate link. Anytime you shop on Amazon for running gear, food, beverages, or anything else the little gray trucks might bring your way. Just use runeatdrink.net slash Amazon anytime you shop. It costs nothing extra. It's only one extra click, and it helps us keep the lights on and the bandwidth flowing. Just go to runeatdrink.net slash Amazon, and we thank you for your support. This is your executive producer from the Running Drink Podcast. My name is Josh Osborne, and you are listening to the wonderful Amy and Dana. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink Podcast. We feature destination races from across the country. And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us, You'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. This is a very special episode, Dana. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. It's about time that we, we welcome, did this one. We welcome a longtime patron to our show. Not just a patron. If you look this man up on the Internet Movie Database, you will see that he is listed as the executive producer of the running drink podcast of our show of hashtags and hot sauces. Yes. And of course we're talking about our friend, Josh Osborne. Welcome to the running drink podcast, sir. Thank you both for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. We're still recovering from the hot sauces, by the way. Yeah, we uh, are. You're welcome. <laughs> we're eating our way through them in our off camera time. And we're even eating the hot ones. We love them. We might be skipping to bomb, though. Maybe. I don't blame you. I it's, don't blame you one bit. <laughs> we're, we are grateful and thankful for the entire package of hot sauces. But I think that's our least favorite. And oh. still, we are appreciative of having all of them from, what is that, season 20 of Hot Ones? Yes. Yeah. So thank you for the kind gift. And fun time in that episode where we talked about running and training tips, but also through the building heat that you provided, Josh. <laughs> You've been a patron of the show at the Indulge level since February of 22 and a patron in total since 2020. And we can't thank you enough for all of your support, exactly. I mean, not just the hot sauces, but all of your support. You've been with us for half of our podcast life. That's true. We just celebrated June 10th was six years. Yeah. Yeah. When you have two great people in your life that support you wholeheartedly through thick and thin, you never count the months of patronage. You just keep right on going. <laughs> we wouldn't be able to do it without amazing people like exactly. you. And we like 
this as an opportunity to let people get to know you a little bit because For sure. you become have become a fixture in our live streams and chats and everything else. Do us a favor. Tell the rest of the Runcation Nation a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? <laughs> what do you do? What do you like to do for fun? As you can see behind me, I have quite an extensive gym set up here. This is only one room of three that I have going on. Originally from Chicago, moved down to Birmingham, Alabama in February of 2020 before the before the world came to a screeching halt mm. and met up with you guys, came upon your show through a coworker and it's been us ever since. And I've never, ever, like I said, never, ever counted a month, never, ever said anything, but I'm very happy to have both of you in my life and the people that you have brought together through everything that you have done, whether it's the races, whether it's the episodes, whether it's the live streams, it's, it's everything that you guys, that the, the, you have all brought together that is something that I completely, first of all, it's hard to fathom it because you don't realize what you're doing and moreover what you are bringing together until you meet up with everybody in a certain place. And it's like, where have these people been all our lives? <laughs> The meetups are an absolute blast. They really well, yes. are. And and we get I a chance to do that. The live streams and just the community of people that that we have met in the coffee chats and all of the live streams and all of the episodes and all of the runcation meetups. That is, uh, it's been un unbelievable since 2020, since the beginning, but especially things kicked off in 2020. We all had to find ways to connect and. We that's what actually started us doing the lives. We can't thank you enough. You are so gracious with your compliments. We want to know a little bit more about this, what, your connection and your passion about exercise. What is your favorite form of exercise? Because we see a lot going on behind you. We see in your set here. Yeah, for those that are listening, we're on video on on StreamYard with Josh and his backdrop. He's got I see a glute ham developer and what's the other one that you mentioned when we uh, before we started reverse, recording? Reverse hyper. Reverse hyper. What is that? Reverse hyper was something that was utilized by Louis Simmons of Westside Barbell way back in I believe the 70s. Don't quote me on that. And it was basically something where he broke his back in two places and he could not have surgery because of his aversion to anesthesia. And he basically oh. repaired his ent entire back with this piece of equipment, not once, but twice. And it's actually something that saved Larry Bird's career because he was having back problems. The basketball player. Yes. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. Unbelievable. So safe bet that you lean towards the weightlifting. Correct. Mm. Yeah, something I know or we know about Josh is well, that he's into powerlifting. Yes. Is that, would you argue that's your favorite form of exercise? It is. I'm actually sitting in a, a squat stand right now, and just above me is a <laughs> safety squat bar. And on either side of me are two bully, bully fab slide rollers. And I'm always about innovating things. If you look over my shoulder, you'll see my my dragging sled, which is my tire. And then on the other side, you'll see the rest of the, the reverse hyper, but in the, in this quote unquote spare room, or as I like to call it the laboratory, <laughs> my, my squat rack is set up with multiple bars of multiple, uh, multiple sizes, multiple along with chains and bands and everything like that. It's basically a hardcore gym that I turned into an apartment. I love it. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> Living space, great. but primarily a gym for your focus. And how long have you been passionate about this area of fitness? Since 2007, exclusively. I found a website and forum that I met with a bunch of people on. We started going to Ohio for the Arnolds every year, and it just became something that was so much bigger than all of us. After getting to meet Arnold two or three times, he's much shorter than you think he is. <laughs> anyway, it just started when I came down here, and of course, everything, all the gyms were shut down at the time. Yeah. I had to start making my own, and piece by piece, it has become a, a love child slash labor of love that I refused to give up because it's too good for me. And it's, I refuse to get furniture because I don't want, need an excuse to be lazy. <laughs> I like it. I it's, mean, that, it's motivational. That is definitely one way to keep yourself from just sitting around. Yeah. If you're sitting, you're on the bench and the weight's right there. I love it. Now, when you're not working out and you're not working, when you're heading around well, town. Now, Josh, for those in the Runcation Nation who don't know what you do, what do you do for a living? I am a truck driver of almost 20 years. Wow. 20 and years. And it was something I did before. Before I did that, I was a mechanic. So I have still quite a bit of knowledge. I try to stay up on the, the mechanics of the automobiles and diesel trucks as best I can. It's it never hurts when you're especially when you're out on the road. You never if something goes wrong, it's like I might be able to triage this to the point where I can finish my day and a professional can fix it. But mm-hmm. it never hurts to have knowledge because knowledge and research are free. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So when well, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's okay. Yeah. So when you're not driving and you're not working out, when you're cruising around town. Give us a plug for favorite place in your hometown. Best place to get a tasty beverage in your hometown. Everyday package store is is right on Montgomery Highway, just off of 65. That's where you're going to find a vast assortment of IPAs, any kind of specialty beverages that you're looking for. Most of it is seasonal. You're hard pressed to find it anywhere else, especially in the area. You will find ABCs around the state, but you're better off finding your local package stores and seeing if they can order you something that you haven't seen or just go there and grab three or four packs of of whatever you decide based on label. A lot of people base their choices on that. And Go to town. I'm a sucker for a for catchy eye catching label. I love that. Buy local, drink local. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Now what now did you talk about your favorite places to dine yet? I don't think we've talked no. about that, have we? No. We should. We should. We're, we Yeah. Yes. There's a place that is in the other side of Birmingham off of US two eighty called Ruby Sunshine. And it is basically a New Orleans brunch spot. Ooh. Yes, you're right to ooh. It has seasonal drinks, seasonal desserts and everything. Sweet heat chicken and French toast. That's all I need to say. Oh. Um, Hold on. Ch- Instead ch- of chicken and waffles, it's, it's chicken, chicken and, and French. French. And yes, spicy yes. chicken, no? Chicken, strawberries, a sweet heat, strawberry sauce with strawberries and French toast bites. What? Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. And a trio of Benny's. Oh! <gasps> Oh, eggs Benedict. We yes, love it. A trio, yes, a trio about Benedicts. One called the Chicken St. Charles. One called the, I believe it's the Bayou. 
and there was one more that the name escapes me at the moment, but all Ooh. very good. We're going to link to them in the show notes. Yes. Because that's a place we'll have to put on the list. Uh-huh. How far away is it from you? 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Not bad. Okay. Speaking of places around your town, mm. so we've talked about beverages. Mm. It's a little out of order. Yeah. Beverages, now food. Of course, now let's get back, bring it back to running. Around town, any good uh, running spots for anybody who might be coming your way to Alabama? If you like hills, uh-huh. you're the right place. I know there are certain people in the Runcation Nation that despise hills. They mm. would not like it here. Don't um, know who you could be talking about. Oh, gee. I have no idea who we, we, we would be referring to. This person has a, a vehemently expressed their disdain for hills in general. Yes. There's a place about 10 minutes from me called Star Lake. Mm. It is literally a star in the middle of a lake. And the waterfowl around there, I have never seen ducks and geese of this color like an iridescent black and they're so domesticated they will literally walk with you because everybody comes up to feed them you'll see oh. turtles you'll see fish you'll see all kinds of different stuff if you like that and then if you want something if you don't like to walk in circles there there's a place called vulcan trail there's a big vulcan statue just outside of, of homewood and it's literally a the part that i walk and run it's a two mile stretch down two mile stretch back half blacktop half gravel but Ooh. you can see all of Birmingham from what looks like a ridge. Uh, You can see all of downtown, all of 65, 280, UAB, all of the big buildings. And you're literally walking underneath a, like a TV station. So you can see everything from there. And to be clear, when you say Vulcan, we're talking about the Roman God of fire, not the live long and prosper type of Vulcans. That would be a negative. That would be very much the, the Vulcan God of fire. It's this is Birmingham is the iron city. And Uh the Vulcan does play a huge role in everything here. There's a lot of Vulcan-named businesses and and whatnot. Like, Wisconsin has Badger everything. (laughs) So That makes sense. Yes, it does. Yeah. Okay. You And you have this Star Lake. You have used that to, to run, to walk, to get outdoors. And then you have this set up indoors. So you, and for those who don't know, you've been on the comeback trail this past, what, several months, Yeah, several months. Do you mind talking a little bit about your, what's happened and what you've been doing and the work you've been doing to come back from medical challenges this year? Sure. Absolutely. January 4th, I went to go get a DOT physical because you have to have them every one or two years. And the doctor was examining my heart and he immediately stopped the examination to say, you have a murmur and you need to get it checked. And I thought a lot of athletes have murmurs and they have full athletic lives. But something in my in my soul said, you must go get this checked out. So two days later, I was at a place called Cardiovascular Associates, also in Birmingham. Mm. And they ran a battery of tests on me by the end of the day. They said, you have a seven and a half centimeter aneurysm in your upper aorta. You're going to the hospital right now. Wow. And rushed to rushed to a hospital. I sat there for six hours for them to tell me, there's nothing we can do for you. We have to, you have to send you home. And then my first thought was, so I have to pay for an ambulance ride I didn't need basically. A week and a half later, I was at the University of Alabama Birmingham Hospital under the care of Dr. James Davies, who is one of the top 
surgeons in the country, not just the state. And I had an aortic valve replacement and I now have a mechanical valve and he repaired my heart and I am now part of the zipper club. So it was a big change. And how long ago was that? How long are you post-op now? January 17th, I had my surgery. I was in the hospital for a week in recovery and then I was out for two weeks. The wound started to reopen and I had Mm. to go back into the hospital to get it debreeded and end up having a wound back put on, which is basically a negative pressure vacuum that helps heal. And it worked amazingly well. It's amazing. You look fantastic. Yeah. How are you feeling at this point? I feel great. I feel great. I'm 40 pounds lighter, but still we have 40 pounds from the beginning of January still and still at it, Mm. making changes to the diet, making basically my mom came down here to help me, help me in recovery. And we started walking. We just, we found, that's how we found Star Lake. We just started walking. First it was one or two laps around and then, then it was four laps then it was a couple miles. And then it was one day it was six miles just because I felt like pushing myself a little bit harder. And you find lot about yourself when you're basically reduced to how do I want to put this when you're reduced to your lowest possible denominator of health to the point where in all reality you shouldn't be here Uh, and I I know there's a lot of people that that come back from health scares and whatnot there was actually a woman that was in the hospital on my second stint in there who had the same surgery that I did and she was lost roaming the halls and I was kind of talking her through everything and trying to help her get some kind of patient standpoint timeline about how she was going to be recovering rather than just a doctor or a nurse and everything and thank God for both of them, obviously, but sometimes it's better to hear from your peers than it is to hear from people directing health and whatnot. There's a place for sound medical advice from medical professionals who that is their job, but then there is also so much importance and perspective in sharing and just talking about the challenges in your unique situation when you encounter a fellow patient. So I am sure that she is thankful to this Just day. stay away from WebMD, whatever you do. <laughs> now, that's a, I'm sure the fine folks at WebMD make a wonderful product. It's just been my experience that every time you go down that rabbit hole, you're dying no matter what your symptom is. And I think that the more, the more you, you, the more you, the more you research on online and the more you're just trying to find free form, all sorts of information, I think the more you can scare yourself. Oh, hundred percent. So it's, but you're looking great. Yeah. Seriously. The 40 pound weight loss is visible. The you're nice and vertical, which we do like that mm-hmm. in our patrons. That's a beautiful thing. Yes. You know, yeah. that, that's fantastic. I am just thrilled to death to see that you're, looking good, feeling good. What's your dietary? You said you made some changes to diet. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, what are you doing differently with your diet now? Yeah, sure. For the longest time, I was a big beef person, very big on beef, steak, ground beef, whatnot. I've strayed away from beef in favor of chicken. Actually, just recently, I saw, as of, was it yesterday, I did a bunch of prep I made spicy chicken with some spicy bacon put on top of there. Now I know bacon is not exactly a hard health meat, but it's bacon. So we're just going to let it be. And I started making these 
wraps because chicken wraps are something that you can find at almost any fast food restaurant. Mm -hmm. The problem is they don't stay on the menu forever, but they're very easy to build. And what I came across is, and this may be something that has been in the culinary world for some time, but not available to most of the general public. Why is bacon and a taco not a thing? I, I have no idea how that passed all of us up. It may be something that you can get on the secret menu at a local taqueria or whatever it might have you. But I tried it with these egg life, egg white wraps mm. found through a man named Dr. Mike Isretel. A shout out to Renaissance Periodization. They make a great product. They make a great, basically, from dieting all the way to range of motion. They have a, a wonderful array of programs and whatnot. But he came across these egg white wraps and they're not the best thing, but if you're looking for something that is protein packed, has about 20 calories per wrap and maybe one gram of carb. And it will hold your food together. Oh yes. It'll <laughs> hold your food together. I've basically been living off of that, living off of those along with the chicken, the bacon, the salad, and a little bit of Oaxaca cheese. So it um, sounds like and, you're going very high protein, low yeah, carb. Is yeah. that kind yeah. of... The, yes, the, the plan you're doing? The, yes, the medical staff told me that protein was the best way to heal. And uh, as we've learned from time and time again, protein is what heals our muscles faster with the protein synthesis and the amino acids and everything that aid in, in the healing of muscles and tissue. And I saw a, an explosion of healing in terms of timeline while I was on the wound back and eating just tons and tons of protein. But every time I would change my dressing, you would see a massive improvement in the internals, which hmm. to that point, anybody that's ever had a wound back, the first time you take the dressing off yourself and you see the inside of yourself, get your blood pumping just a little bit. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I can only imagine. It's scary. Oh my gosh. But that's amazing that in that, because we're talking just a, a span of a few months that you've seen that much difference and you've been able to experience that yourself with that dietary change. Yeah. yeah, I'm still on the downtrend of weight. I feel good. I'm, uh, I guess you could say I'm eating like once a day. I wouldn't say it's one meal a day, but I go through about six of the wraps a day, but I don't feel the least bit guilty because you're basically eating, that's 200 calories if you're just eating a whole pack. So 200 calories is nothing. You can get 200 calories out of a soda and I'd rather have it in something that I can wrap more food in than something that you can you know, or, or, or a beer or a beverage or anything like that, whatever have you. I'm not trying to steer anybody away from food that is good because obviously we all love good food, but there comes a time when you have to knuckle down and say, what's going to keep me on this earth longer, Yeah, this, this greasy food or something that I made myself that I know exactly what's in it. There's certainly a difference between eating for fuel and then having that indulgent meal. Occasionally, yeah. they're occasional versus this is not going to keep me here, as you say. Yeah. Yeah. So, what if, so on this kind of path to recovery, what do you see as your goal as you continue to heal? And it's what, the six month mark now? Give or take? Yeah. Six, yeah. Yeah, six months. And again, if you told me that I was going to be out of work for six months at any time in my working career, I would have vehemently denied that because I am a workaholic. I also realized through this whole thing that I cannot be a hero all the time, nor do I have to be. And mm. it's just something that you have to be real with yourself on a lot of levels when you're basically either laying in a hospital bed or laying in your own bed, looking at the ceiling and thinking, how did I get here? Mm. And my ultimate goal is something that it seems like it's a long way away. 
but I would like to ultimately be under 200 pounds with a 15 to 20% body fat um, at any given point. Now, is that down the road 10, 10 months? Probably not, but I'm in it for the long haul because you can't develop a lifestyle that's going to be worthwhile by doing fat diets, using fat equipment and stuff like that. There's a reason that they keep trying to reinvent the wheel in the fitness industry mm. and they do it all the time. You and I can both attest to that. We've even we talked with like Jeff Galloway sure. uh, and he even talked about minimalist running shoes. How they come and go. And he's, yeah, these things are brand new, except mm -hmm. they're just a little bit different back when they were brand new in the... Decades ago. Yeah, 70s. And <laughs> he goes, these things come up every now and then. He goes, yeah. they're a, what did he say? They're an orthopedist's best friend. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's funny that even like luminaries like Jeff say the same thing. So 100%, yeah. 100% yeah. true. Okay, you're looking to, that's an awesome goal. Yeah. And you're going to include incorporate all the stuff that you're doing, the walking, the running, the weightlifting, all of that. Do you have any places, let's say you're hammering the work, you're doing all these things. Are you using any places to explore local food or indulge in tasty beverages as like a reward for a week or two week period where you're on plan and programming or is there anything that you're looking forward to maybe as like a celebratory meal or celebratory beverage to hit milestones? Or sure. if we're just going to round the whole thing out, like a celebratory run and then exploring and indulging. Exactly. Hey, yeah. <laughs> yes. Hence the premise of the entire show. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I have tried multiple places, some good, some bad, some I'd rather not speak of. I did try a place just up the road, just up 31 called Bistro V the other night. Had a spectacular seafood paella, oh. very good smoky shrimp, good clams, good mussels. Good protein. Uh, yeah, rice. good protein. Yes, yeah, yeah, saffron rice. Trying to think of some other places that I'm... We have a very big Mediterranean scene here in, in Birmingham. So places like the Purple Onion, any place you can get a good tzatziki sauce. That there's a there's a joint literally five minutes down the road called the Ranch House. They have a wonderful gyro omelet with the feta cheese and the gyro meat. And they're Ooh. I don't know what they put in their tzatziki sauce, but it's the best I've ever had. Wow. Very nice. And see, okay. you can't talk in my language there. I, oh, you. I, Mediterranean cuisine it, for you. Start doing some char-grilled octopus for me, and I'm, oh, yeah. I'm on board. There you go. Good protein. I love that. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Yeah, very good sushi here, too. A lot of good sushi places. Some that have hibachi attached to it, some that don't. You're basically, you, it's, uh, you, could, you try it. You just got to pull the trigger on some certain things <laughs> and give it a shot. You're not always going to hit the target, but you're going to try. Yeah, but yeah. it sounds like you've got some good places lined up to explore and indulge as you're going on this journey here, which is nice to have those things to look forward to. That's true. When you're in a real training mode or like you're, you seem like you've got eyes on the prize, but mm -hmm. giving yourself those moments to, to have not. It's balance. Yeah, not a cheat it's meal per se, balanced. because you might allow that for yourself, but to do something celebratory in nature. Yeah. So we've talked to Josh a lot about his life, his, his fitness, his extraordinary recovery in 2023. Heck yeah. Yeah. Before we... We, you've talked about how you found us and came to be a patron of our show. We, and we are so grateful and thankful for that, how you found us through a coworker, 
that you said toward the top of the show. We would like now to turn to your Runcation recap because when I solicited all of our patrons for the opportunity to come on the show and talk about any kind of race experience, Josh was one of the first ones to reach out to us and say, I have to talk about the Runcation Nation meetup at Donna Marathon Weekend in Jacksonville, Florida. So we would like to turn our attention to your Runcation recap, Josh. Is that okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of the recap, Dana's actually wearing the shirt that the yeah. uh, that uh, Pam and Ariel made for our team. Yes. Uh, yes. It was a great, that was a great experience. Well, <sighs> Jacksonville. What, what made you decide to run the Donna? A couple reasons. In Over the course of my life, I've lost multiple people to multiple types of cancer, mostly mm-hmm. breast cancer, mostly for Dana's mother, because she helped me understand stage four metastatic breast cancer, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yes. And when you have people in your life that you just adore and that you would pretty much give the shirt off your back for, you do whatever you can to support their causes. And in 2020, we did, we all had to do the Donna virtually, yes. um, which we did our, which we did our, we did we virtual miles and everything. Mm-hmm. So 2021 was our first opportunity to go down and actually have the opportunity to meet, to go there, to explore mm. and indulge the city of Jacksonville, oh, yeah. which did not disappoint. But if I could say three things about that entire trip, number one, the camaraderie. Uh-huh. Number two, the uh, just the perseverance of the human spirit that just echoes in that place from every walk of probably the country. Yeah. And... The third thing, obviously, is everybody talks about going to races and worried about getting swept or something like that or not making the time. At Donna, nobody's allowed to lose. No one is allowed to lose. No one is allowed to be left behind. If you can't find it in yourself to finish that race, it ain't the race's fault. Let's put it that way. Between the neighborhoods, between the Uh. people that come out and set up tables of food and beverage and everything like that. Jacksonville is a beautiful downtown being right next to the beach after we finish the social shakeout run and just walk to the beach. There are so many people that go their entire lives and never see the ocean. And you must do that. Yeah, the... People sometimes hear Jacksonville and they start equating it to some of those crazy internet Florida man stories. I promise you the city is not like that. True. That whole area, the Jacksonville and the be- the surrounding beaches are, are just absolutely fantastic. Let's talk a little bit about the process, some of the nuts and bolts. When you decided to do the race, you go online, you do the registration. Can you talk a little bit about how the process was for you? Any problems, issues, concerns? Not at all. I was over ambitious, I will admit, when I first started it. This was going to be my first challenge weekend. And mm. initially, I decided to do the entire marathon. Upon further introspection and uh, peer involvement, if you will, I decided to switch to the half marathon. Peer and so involvement. Glad that I did. Yeah, peer <laughs> involvement. Yes. Hashtag peer involvement. <laughs> it, and it was a good decision. Because you're ambitious, you're feeling, you're feeling excited. You're like, this is going to be something new for me. The registration was extremely, extremely easy. It was extremely thorough. Yeah. You had all of your ducks in a row about everything. You got to choose your team. You got to choose your apparel, your level of involvement and everything. And also to fast forward this year when I had to 
defer mm. to to next year because of my because of my condition. They had no problem. They just said contact us when registration opened back up, and when we'll get you in there. Awesome. So excellent. That was a very easy process to to do. I recommend it to anybody. That's good. That is that's, a, good. that's well, re- really good to hear for the deferral and. Yeah. Shout out to Amanda Napolitano and Donna Deegan and their team, Jeff Galloway, Edith Perez, everybody who is a part of that. Amy Morgan that that is on the board that has to do with Chaz with the fundraising and everybody at the Donna. They make everything about that registration and fundraising and very easy to do. And it is really easy to be overly ambitious at registration time because registration usually opens up around this time of year. I think last year it was maybe in July. And you're thinking, oh, we have the, there's so much time and that it, it's going to be great. And, and then there are things that happen in life. Yeah. Life happens. Life. And then the reality of training. Yes. Around work and weather, family responsibilities, what have you. So it, I like that you talked about how easy it was to modify your registration. And I even, I've even seen people who were registered for the marathon who did not reach out to them to step down. They were welcomed completing the half in lieu of the marathon. So they just cut it short at the half. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's, I kind of want to rewind to, so there's, we've talked about the registration process when the race weekend comes and travel is a topic. You can fly, you can drive. There's, Buses, trains, that kind of thing. I you had an array of choices being in it in the state where you are. So, what made you decide to drive? I enjoy it. You yes, it's not like taking a bus man's holiday, right? (laughs) Yeah, I've always been somebody who yeah yeah that we'll pick that part up in the story a little bit. Okay. We, I truly enjoy driving just for the sake of, you can see the tops of the clouds from a plane. You can see the world speeding by in a train. Neither of those modes of transportation can you stop and get out and look at things. In a car, you have all that opportunity to do. Now, do you always want to do that? No. Sometimes you just want to get to your destination and that's completely understandable. But I chose to drive simply because I've only been to Florida once before. And that was to meet both of you down in Cape Coral. And I thought to myself, I've got two ways I can go. I can either go through Atlanta and head south, or I can go down to the Panhandle and go east. So I elected to to go south through Atlanta. And oh. I'm glad that I did because Georgia is a very picturesque state. It is. And once you get down into Florida, you're just you're greeted by everything from gators to Florida men. True story. And, yeah. Yes. And insert, yes. ha- insert headline here. <laughs> it's it, it was just a beautiful drive. And it's something okay. that you don't always get to do again in a train or even on a cruise line. You only get to stop at certain oh. ports and do certain things. It's like there's so much in in between that you will miss to hmm. quickly interject. Famous artist Henry Rollins would always go to spots in 
in the world, places like Syria, war-torn countries, and he would mm. go to the locals and say, show me where the tourists don't go. Yeah. And he, the things that he learned, the things that he saw, the things that he wrote about and did spoken word about are just amazing because things that anybody, any tourist would miss because it's, oh, that's not on the itinerary. Mm. Life isn't an itinerary. Life is a journey and you choose to navigate it any way you choose that you choose to navigate it any way you want. It's how willing are you to go off the beaten path to mm. find that little side quest or that little, how well, how much are you willing to farm for this particular thing that you want to get? It's mm. all up to you. I was going to ask you what tips or tricks for travel by road trip you were going to, you'd offer somebody as a professional driver and mm. somebody who enjoys driving. It sounds like I just, I just got the answer to the question before I asked it, which well, is yeah. get off the beaten path. And give yourself enough time to do that. Yeah. And you, and yeah. So I think that's, it's driving. It reminds me a whole lot of when we did the runcation recap with Dean and Judy and Linda and they, it, it reminds me of vacations that we would take runcations that we would take down to Key West. And you make the road trip part of the, and you make the road trip part of the experience because you can incorporate the time and then you can, stop at the different keys like the picturesque points in georgia or in northern florida as you go so when you got there how was the whole packet pickup and expo experience for you is it what you really expected it being your first race weekend really there's nothing really to expect as seeing as how I'd never done it before, but it was extremely easy. It was extremely designed there in Jacksonville and the little booths and everything that they had set up for anybody that may have forgotten their squoosh pan or their sunglasses mm. or their hats or any kind of running gear that you might need. You're always set for that kind of stuff rather than having to go out and go again you may be paying a little bit more for it because of the convenience, but at the same time, there's nothing worse than getting to a destination, especially if you have an event involved with it, that mm. you forgot a very major part of what you needed to participate in it. To yeah. accomplish your goal. Yeah. yeah. You're short, your mission critical gear. You're like, uh Oh yeah. But no, uh, that's always very been my experience well with that one. They do, yeah. I think have one of the better expos. So I'm glad that you had a good experience there too. You mentioned this was your first challenge weekend yes and that's because you did not one not two but three races total the mm-hmm. 5k social shakeout run which is an unofficial event right the, then you also registered for the 5k and the, ultimately the half marathon what did you what did you think of the social shakeout run that's like I said, it's unofficial it's a different sort of thing it was fun it was a beautiful morning yeah. uh, it was like Mid 60s, upper 60s, something like that, right next to the ocean. Yes, it does get that that cold in Florida sometimes. Uh Yeah. (laughs) Little did I know that I was going to be rubbing elbows with with running royalty, the likes of Jeff Galloway, Donna Deegan, Amanda Napolitano. Never seen these people before in my life. Never even knew what they look like if I could pick them out of a lineup. But you learn as the crowd just starts to go over to these people and just like you start hearing the names drop and everything. But ultimately, it was just, it was fun. The name of the restaurant escapes me where we had it. Southern uh, Grounds. Some Southern Brown, yes. Grounds. Southern uh, Grounds. Ma- mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, Southern yep. Grounds, yeah. Amazing shrimp and grits. The I think I had the uh, the, oat, uh, the oatmeal there and everything. <laughs> it was very good. Uh, again, it was a beautiful morning. It was a wonderful breeze. It's just, 
it was a great event to just kick things off. And it is literally a shakeout, especially when people are just coming in from their respective cities. Yes. Yeah. It was a great way to meet people connected to the race that you wouldn't normally in a larger race weekend where you can really get overwhelmed, say, in in a bigger race like Chicago or New York, or you, you wouldn't have that kind of opportunity there, I think. No, and it's pretty rare to get an opportunity to run the race like this one's namesake for Donna Deegan mm-hmm. and she's there and then and she does it. You're having coffee before and after and you can sit there and have breakfast like we did with Josh. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that little spot is right on Neptune beach, which Beautiful. is you cross the street, you go through a parking lot and you're at the, on the l- beach, you're on the beach on the Atlantic ocean. Yeah. You're right there. And it's it gorgeous. Pretty little town. Another thing I wanted to interject about yeah. Donna itself as a whole there's no ego. Ah. There's no ego there. There's no, you're not trying to PR at a Donna. You're basically just there to yeah. see the people. Shout out to Fitz Kohler. That's basically announcing everybody as they're leaving and coming back through the finish line. Mm. Yeah, there's no ego there. It's all for the camaraderie no. of the people. I'll tell you what, I, that you hit the nail on the head. I, yeah. to me, I love that race. I, you're smiling, you're laughing, you're crying. It's and yeah, you could try to go PR if you really want. I mean, to. it's Boston certified course. You and, can, and there are people who go and try to do it. Yeah, but would tell you that I, I think that's a wasted opportunity. I think take your time, enjoy the crowds, enjoy the neighborhoods, like Josh was talking about mm-hmm. a little earlier, exactly. which we're going to get to in a second, I think. But uh, yeah, that was the social shakeout. What were you going to, you were going to ask well, about the real 5k? The, yeah. The well, real, I mean, oh, air quote 5k. Okay. Like air quotes, what have you, but the official event that kind of kicks off the weekend would be the start, of course, the ultra marathon. And at the same time, the 5k. So how was your experience at the 5k? Downtown Jacksonville is beautiful. Yeah, because it was downtown. Uh, there was a lot of murals, a lot of places we stopped to take pictures. And again, that's the beauty of a 5K. You're not under any kind of pressure to finish at any given time. You can explore. I mm. believe that you picked up some some brewskis after that was only yes. Intuition. Exclusive, exclusive to Jacksonville. Intuition yes. Ale Works. Yes, shout out to them. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Don be skipping through the entire oh, thing. That yes. was so cute. Yes. Shout out to Don Broussard. Yes. It was just the fact of everybody just, it was basically a social shakeout 2.0, except it was actually a timed race with a medal at the end, but yeah. it didn't feel like an actual race. It just felt like hanging out with friends. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that was a, I liked that one because it took us off the beaches and put us into downtown. That was cool. So you had the social shakeout setting, but then you also got to see the downtown side of Jacksonville and- you had Fitz there getting everybody warmed up and kicking off the... That the was whole. her first year announcing. Yes, which I just absolutely loved. It's a perfect fit, like hand in glove. Did you have any, if we're turning to the night before the big race, the half marathon for us, which would have been the marathon for other members of the Runcation Nation, like Kelly and Jessica, did you have any pre-race things that you wanted to accomplish that night to be ready to go for the big one on Sunday? 
sleep. Sleep would have Number been great. one, sleep. Yes. Mm. Because the room next to me decided to have a rave until two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. Not fun. I did not, not know fun. that. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was in the lobby with my bags to go sleep in my car. Oh, um, no. And the guy at the front desk clerk is like, what's going on? Are you leaving? I said, I cannot stand the music in that room anymore. And he goes, which room is it? I read him off. And he goes, this is the third time that I've asked him to do, to shut it off. So he goes, please go back up to your room. I'll make sure that they're done for the night. And he did. But by that time it was three o'clock in the morning. Oh no. And so I was basically running on about three hours of sleep, which also leads into the, to the after story that we'll get to in, in a little bit. I, a lot of the time there is so much excitement that I can't sleep anyway it can be hard and it's funny that josh mentioned like uh, he had a noisy neighbor there are those are some of the perils of travel sure if the, you things are to consider in a hotel versus an airbnb or mm-hmm. something of that name. but everything every place that you stay can have pros and cons yeah oh yeah for you now the morning of the race how are you feeling as good as I was going to be, because there's no way to prepare for something that you've never done yet. So you were nervous. In a way, in a but, way. but excited because it's, you're basically taking on something that you don't know what it's going to hold for you. You understand that you literally can't fail because nobody's going to let you fail. And prior to this race weekend, what was your highest mileage of running in preparation. What did you got into? Eight, mile, eight miles. Eight. Eight. So a little less well. than 13.2, but <laughs> I'm sorry, 13.1. A little, little bit. Yeah. But yeah, at the same bit. time, if you're going to be undertrained, this is an ideal race weekend. Where you can get away with that. Where you can get away with that, or you have time on your side because the half marathoners have the same amount of time as the marathoners. Correct. So there is that. So it's like you said, there's no ego, there's no pressure. And I really like our kind of pre-race ritual of meeting up with Dr. Andy Sharp and her husband, Mike. And, And I'm hoping that you will tell us that kind of helped ease you into the morning and the start of the half. Hashtag parking garage whiskey shots. There you go. <laughs> if a doctor's giving I, I, it to you beforehand, you know it's prescribed. Then it's, it's prescribed. prescribed. Yes. it counts. It just right. counts. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's just what the doctor ordered. Right. Yes. Also, shout out to the bouncy hunters. They were wonderful people. They really they they always bring their A game to everything. The weather between the five k and the half marathon was a, a turn. Much a night and day difference. Yes. Oh. Yes. Oh. Yeah. That weekend. That was rough. I remember when we got back to the hotel the night before I'm looking at the radar and I was, and I said to Amy, I said, Oh, those poor ultra marathoners. And she's what they got to run in that. And you see the radar on TV and I'm like, that's looking almost dangerous. Yeah. And I think that they only had what one finish that year. One finish because of the, because of the weather. But uh, so the weather was a challenging part, not having conquered the distance in a race experience was, but 
when you came to the start and you had the Runcation Nation community and you had Fitz on the mic, can you talk a little bit about what that experience is like as a first-time half-marathoner? Sure. It was something that is hard to replicate with words simply because it was mostly just a lot of emotion. There was a lot of smiles, a lot of tears pre-race because everybody Mm. knew what they were there to do and everybody knew what they were there for and they were there for each other. And that was a huge thing. Mm. Everybody was there for each other. There was no me. There was no you. It was all us end of story whether it was us taking the pictures together us mm. doing like the big fist bump like a, a wonder twin power type of thing <laughs> it's just everybody was prepared in their own little way because everybody has their pre-race rituals but at the same time right. we all were there for the same the same result and we all ended up with that result which was finishing and just being able to celebrate as a team mm. uh, in the in the runner's village afterwards and it was something that was truly an experience because i remember i'm, I'm not sure exactly who put the medal around me you guys would know better than i would amanda. Uh, was it, it was amanda? amanda it might have been amanda yeah. yeah yeah she said this to me and i'll never forget it as long as i live and she put that medal around my neck and she said no one can ever take this away from you yeah that's huge from somebody that that puts on such a such an event it's Mm -hmm. not just a race it's a whole event yeah and for her to say that to somebody who never met her before and in her life or mine that was something that was pretty awesome again to hear fits on the mic to see to be there with mike and andy Mm -hmm. to see everybody in their own little packs and doing their thing everybody that dressed up for the race again going back to the neighborhoods everybody doing their own like little little themes to what they were putting out there for whether it was alcoholic or not (laughs) and they were doing that in spite of the weather Uh we talked about the weather i mean it was in the 50s with 30 mile an hour sustained winds it was so windy it was that was a blustery Mm. nasty day but it was still an amazing race did you like the course itself i did I yeah. did. It was nice going down the roads and everything. And coming from Chicago, the weather was not not anything that I wasn't used to, of course, of most of the year. But yeah, it was very nice. It was very nicely laid out. They had all the mile markers set up, which also, by the way, another big shout out to them, that people were able to sign the mile markers for the people that they were doing the race for. That's a nice part of the expo, actually. I, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that always gets me. And then to that. see it on the course, right. the people who shout you out or you, it was just, yeah, it was fantastic. You decided to take some fuel and hydration options with you. Yeah, what were you using? I believe they were just like Nutri-Grain, not Nutri-Grain. Uh, like a granola type? Bar yeah, like or- a granola type of thing and just whatever. I had my my G-code Rise amino elixir that I was using throughout the entire race. Now, in, in retrospect, towards the end, I probably should have used that along with the water that they were offering. But it was, it suited me just fine. G-code Nutrition puts out a very good overall array of products and everything. Shout out to Greg Sanasario and the team over there at, at G-code out of New Jersey. And it's something that, really got me through everything. Now, in retrospect, I should not have been carrying 20, 30 pounds of equipment on, on my first half marathon. That did not yeah. serve me well over the course you of did, like, at, Bob you, I was going to say, you did this so weekend I, on hard mode. Yes. Very much. Yes. Mode. Yes, <laughs> yes. I did. Yeah. It was not something I was, again, being over ambitious and thankful for the peer involvement that steered me away from doing the entire marathon because I cannot imagine doing that again mm. after I finished it. 
Yeah, so you had brought, I, I called it a, a ruck, basically. A it's a, it, was, a, it was a nice backpack, right? and you had all your stuff in that. Yeah. And again, you know what? This is one of those things. This was your first challenge weekend. It's mm-hmm. your first half marathon, mm. getting the opportunity to see now. And I'm sure you would change your equipment uh, and how yeah. much you would carry with you and, yeah. and all that for your next one, I'm guessing. Absolutely. Mm. If you look, I'm sorry, wrong shoulder, over here. <laughs> Cerberus makes a something called a utility bag. It's a good, so it's like a fanny pack on steroids, and it's a wonder, wonderful piece. And it comes with carabiners that you can hang off the side for your for your hydration that you're going to mm. carry with you. Good amount of pockets and everything. I will be using that one the next time around mm. uh, on my next race for sure. The ruck is good for training. Yeah, don't take it with you. Yeah, not you know, on race like day. You, we saw like people at Gasparilla though with they were doing like uh, that race as a ruck run they were doing it as a ruck run yeah if that's your intent if that's that's your intent i can i'm totally but if it is not a ruck run for you then i imagine you would lighten up because not only to make it lighter over the miles especially having the challenge of not training to the full distance but also because there is such excellent hydration and nutrition options along the course, because there are goos and there are and there are electrolytes and there's water. There's electrolytes in beer. And no, I'm legitimately saying the actual <laughs> stops, not the neighbors. Yeah. Data. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean. I do. So, Josh, I, did you partake in any of the neighborhood? I was going to uh, ask. Goodies? Yeah. I did not. I did no. not. Oh, you were um, good. He was very I serious. I, yeah. I was, I tried to just be the best me that I could be. And it's just something that I did not partake of. And I probably could have, but at, at, by the time I reached about mile eight or nine, I was just concentrating on the, the you know, keeping my eyes on the prize. Yeah. In fact, there was a woman, one of the neighborhoods that I went through, she saw me walking and she shouted out and she said, your legs look so heavy. And I just looked at her and said, the pain that I'm feeling right now is nothing compared to what the people that we're doing this for go through on a mm. daily basis. So I'm going to keep going. Exactly. Exactly. And you did persevere and you've talked a little bit about the finish in coming in that last, what, 10th to make it 13.1. What do you remember at all that experience when you've overcome the struggles, you've pushed through the pain, you're there and you see the finish in sight? Do you remember what the emotions or the experience surrounding the finish for you were like? Yeah, because you were both right next to me when we were doing it. You both carried me in, not carried me, but walked me through the walk no. through the finish line, and uh, which I truly appreciate to no end. And it was it was to cross that finish line on my first half marathon, and to be there with everybody and seeing all of the people with their medals and everything, and see to know that it was done. And it, like when she told me, she said, nobody can ever take this away from you. And to even the post race beverage, which you had, you Dana had asked me, are you going to go for a beer or Gatorade? I'm like, I'll take my electrolytes. She's you're like you just don't you're are you just so straight edge or what you're like you made the right decision but it was something that i felt like i came this far mm. being there's no reason for me to deviate now we can do that later on when we sure i was saying we did find we did our eventually. way to some burgers and beer as yeah I recall, oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah 
I was going to ask, yeah. what'd you think of the metal? Yes, the bling. All of them. I like them. I like them a lot. Who doesn't love a good pair of seashells with the word booby on it? Um, <laughs> booby trap challenge metal. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. It wasn't so much about the metal, metals, metals come and go. It was about the accomplishment. It was about <laughs> being there with everybody that did the same thing that I did. Now, some people may look at it as, oh, you're just another person. To know that it was my first race official challenge weekend, it was a big accomplishment for me simply because it is something I've never done before. Again, I felt like it was a little bit, it meant a little bit more knowing that I that I really took something from the depths of my, they always say, you got to dig deep and you always got to really dig deep. You got to find that wherever it is hidden inside you, you got to find that power to power, persevere and push through. And once you do that and you take that last step over the finish line and it's officially done and you just, you sit there and there's a reason why a lot of people collapse after races because they just can't. They gave it they all. Can't fathom. Yeah, they gave, yeah, they literally gave it their all. I was glad to see that they had whoobies for everybody that was out there. Uh, those are worth their weight in gold for people, that especially that are that cold from oh, sweating yeah. that much and everything. Yeah, it's you know, always a good idea to pack a whoobie if you can. Mm. I think that the metal or the metals in this case, they become symbolic and you know that they that you have that accomplishment. Nobody can take that away from you. And when things are getting tough... You can take a look at that and say, I'm strong and I can overcome and look how I can persevere. And look at the way that you have persevered in this past first half of 2023, Josh. That is just testament to the that the whole thing that we've been talking about when you hit a proverbial wall in the half marathon and you pushed through to the end. It's the same thing with what you've gone through here in recovery and rebuilding and strengthening and becoming healthier and healed. Yeah. So it's a great example of yeah. running as a metaphor for life. Yes. Yes. And I think that you've set a wonderful example in that. I'm not out to be a guru. I'm not out to be <laughs> some kind of, I can motivate people in my own special way. I'm nobody special. I'm just somebody who enjoys being there for the people mm. that care about him and in turn care about them as well. Because mm. when the ships are down and when you don't know how, what time, if any, you have left in, in anything in life, you have to make sure that the people around you are the people that you would want around you at mm. any given point in your life. And that's what you guys and the Runcation Nation is. All the people that checked in on me, all the people that sent me, put together the basket for me and everything like that. I'm truly grateful for all of that because you, when you, you reach those times in your life and you're, re, you're wondering where the next helping hand is going to come from, if it's even going to come at all. It's usually a reflection to how you've been as a person. So that's something to think about. If you're, if you're the kind of person who doesn't really, you're not really sociable and everything, and yes, people are people, and it is what it is. But just understand that when when your number is up and something your card is flipped over and it says, oh, it's your time to go through, go through the the suck, if you will. Who's going to be there to help you through? And like I said, when I was having trouble finishing the the half marathon and Dana, you had already walked Amy through and then you both came back for me. That meant a lot because it meant that there are, these are people that I can lean on and then in turn can lean on me. You don't forget that kind of stuff. You never do. 
Yeah. Yeah. Running as a metaphor for life. Ab- it is. Absolutely. It is. Based on your experience with getting into running as part of your overall health regimen and everything, would you mm-hmm. do this race or another one again? I'm already signed up to do 2024. Yeah, easy peasy. I was going to do 2023 if I wasn't laid up in the hospital doing it, but it's well worth it. It's well worth something that you're giving to somebody else. You're not doing it for yourself as much as you're doing it for somebody that you care about or somebody that you really think the world of. It's a way to put it. Yeah. We mentioned Mike and Andy Sharp, our, fr- mm-hmm. our, our friends up Amazing. in Jacksonville. They're part of the Bouncy Hunters, and they like to remind people that they run for those who can't. Mm-hmm. And the, the the statistic is that one in eight women will be unfortunately affected by mm-hmm. breast cancer. The likelihood that somebody and care about is going to be impacted is unfortunately still too high yes. um, in this day and age. Ben. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. And, and no, I was going to say, and Fitz called out somebody who had just recently been, what was it, within two weeks, had just been diagnosed. She was out there doing it. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Uh, it's an incredible race weekend. I know that we talk about it every year. And I'm so glad that you chose to come and talk about it in terms of a runcation recap. Now, For the exploring and indulging part of seeing Jacksonville, what was your favorite meal and what was your favorite beverage that you were introduced to there? It's hard to choose a favorite meal simply because the after race meal was very good. It was a spectacular spot. The Post Tavern. Yeah, Post Tavern. The burrito. What was it? Local burrito or something? The burrito gallery. Burrito gallery with that wonderful server that we had who was just aces across the board. And then the, the was it like Alice in Wonderland themed pizza joint that we went to that was very good, if I remember correctly. I think it was like the rabbit hole or something Reeve, like that. Reef Brewing. Yeah. And they, yes, they, there you go. They, yeah, Reef Brewing. Their yes. theme is the white uh, rabbit. Yeah. There, is it Rev yeah. or is it Reef? Re- Reef? I don't know. R-E-V-E is yeah. how it's spelled. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, Jacksonville <laughs> definitely has some good eats. They really do. Say the least. I really can't pick a favorite to be perfectly honest with you because they were all really good. And a funny story about going to pose. I had left my wallet in the ruck that you took from me about mile eleven. And when it was time for me, you know, time for us to settle up at the end, I literally realized I didn't have my wallet on me. And I told the waitress, I said, Listen, I will be back as soon as I can. She looked at me, she goes, I know you ain't going anywhere. <laughs> you can barely walk. You, you can barely walk. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> So yeah, you're not, yeah, you're not going anywhere, at least not anywhere no, you're fast. Not, you're not, yeah, you're not going to get away. You're good. Oh, no, Jacksonville funny. has a lot of points that are really good. If you're looking for a spot to just dip into, dip into Florida a little bit, mm. Jacksonville is the way to go. Oh, what, how can the Runcation Nation find you and connect with you? On Instagram, I am at Carnage and Chaos, the name very speaks to my to my persona as a whole even though this has painted me as a very loving individual i can be quite chaotic from time to time as anybody can and i believe that the cartage is something that everybody should endure in their life in order to make them stronger that's just me that's pretty much my main social i have like i said my own mm-hmm. little garage my own little apartment set up here if anybody wants to come and hang out and get a work session in feel free come to Birmingham. I got no problem with that. And <laughs> like I said, just, I'm just me. I'm just me. I'm just, just an executive producer of a show that has given a lot of people hope, a lot of people a place to commune and be a part of each other's lives. And I can't be thankful enough for that. 
Josh, well, congratulations yeah. on the first year of being our very first ever patron at the <laughs> Indulge level and the our sole executive producer of the show. We are thrilled to death that you've joined us and stuck with us for the last three years mm-hmm. and uh, that you've helped make all of this possible. Everything people see and hear yes. is doing no small part to you and the rest of our patrons. Thank you so much for joining us today, really? Josh. We hope to accomplish, explore, and indulge with you really soon. Absolutely. Thank you for again for having me on, and thank you for doing everything that you've done for all the people in the Vacation Nation, giving us a place to be together and to, to just vibe, if you will. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having another great year thanks to your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We're at Run, Eat, Drink podcast. And on Twitter, we're Run, Eat, Drink pod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733 or send us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Find out how you can support the show at patreon.com slash runeatdrinkpodcast. Accomplish, explore, and indulge along with us. We'll talk to you next time.